The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. That's a rubber chicken. I don't know why y'all don't have your own, but there's a certain life that comes from a rubber chicken. Hey, everybody, it's your boy, Michael Kaya, and you know the show is Michael Talks to Everybody. Man, ain't no telling who we're going to talk to around here. Uh, we have talked to the heathens, so we might as well talk to the spiritual leaders as well. And I, I can speak for the heathens. I'm not just in the club. I'm the president. So with me today is a man of the cloth, a sharp gentleman in his own right, a great man, a great husband. Uh, you may have seen him and, and sometimes with his wife out roller skating in some of the most lovely terrains around the country. Uh, I saw him on the Steve Harvey interview. At this, Steve, I think Steve gave you a pair. Did he give you a pair of roller? Rollerblades, roller uh, yeah, roller he did. He, he, he we gonna talk about that. 
He gave me gave me some roller blades. I want to go on Steve Harvey so so I can get something. You know, they always give you something. You know, I want to leave with a handbag or something. You know, so so he was on Steve Harvey. I would like to mention he was on my show seven times before Steve Harvey. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. All right, dear. But anyway, this is Bishop Olds, Bishop Vance Olds, and this gentleman is so fly, and he's got such a great heart. He's a great spiritual leader, and uh, today we just want to talk about. Our own humanity, man. You yeah. know, because sometimes people try to put folks on a pedestal because they see you in public life. But we all started as humans. You know, sure. it's just people trying to figure it out. Sure. Good day and welcome to the show, Bishop Vance Olds. Thank you, my brother. I am so delighted to be on your show. You know, you my my favorite friend, man. And I just love your your love for life and your love for me and my family. I'm delighted to be on here. You talked about. Um, our life having not always been the way it is today. I can really testify, mm-hmm. man, that I was so bad. I would steal your money and help you look for it. But oh my God, I had I had people like that were still they were still they had steal my dope and help me look for it. You That's know, right. I'm like That's what? Right. I'm That's like right. where that rock go? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Let me help you look. They all wired eyes all over the place. It was it was I that took it. It was I that took it. And uh, just case y'all don't know, what we're talking about we um. We had normal lives. I grew up in the projects of Chicago. Uh, and along the way, I found some substance that I enjoy and became addicted to it. And that addiction, I was first I was smoking crack. Then crack ended up smoking me, you know, and yeah. it changed a lot of things in our lives. But for me, I'm grateful. You know, I, I did crack for 23 years. I'm grateful uh, for this 12 years of sobriety. I'm grateful to have done the journey because I really believe that God allowed me to smoke crack for 23 years because he knew I was going to go back and talk about it. So yeah. now I'm on stages all around America joking about it, lifting people up in my one-man show, my yeah. guy, Mama. That's all we talking about, the addiction. I'll get there. You see me get to the whole thing. I was saying that to let you know that, you know, we are – Although this gentleman is a man of the cloth, I'm a man of God myself. Yes. And I love God more than anything. I love God more than I love me. I love my guy now. Don't yes. play now. I love me my guy. Um, but God is everything, man. And his power, his energy, if you connect to him, then you can do anything. You could change your life anyway. So I did crack for 23 years. Did you do crack cocaine too, sir? Or just No, my 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 um my run only lasted like five years. I got strung out on crack at the age of 21 and mm, um you got in and got out yeah that was in the mid 80s where the crack epidemic was really really tough in washington dc mm, it was good then and though oh yeah. it was good in the 80s that's <laughs> the mayor of dc i'm sorry yeah ahead. dc and so that particular time it, it it was you know it was a crucial time we was the murder capital of the the entire world the crack mm-hmm. addiction was just um at his all-time high, and I got strung out really early and caught a lot of drug charges and end up in prison and um, a couple times, but the last time was in 1993. So I've been clean almost 30 years. Wow, um, wow, from, wow. Know, and I got to say this, I've been knowing you for a while. I didn't know the part about the prison. I knew that you had de- had had that substance problem that I had for a minute. I didn't know you did you did prison time. Tell me about that. Yeah, not it was a lot. It was just off and on. You would I would do like thirty days and then come back and mm-hmm. do like three months. It was back and forth, little petty charges. But the last mm-hmm. charge that I had, I was literally selling crack while skating in the neighborhood, and so while roller skating. Uh, 
Yes, I was literally roller skating, serving crack. And, <laughs> and now I, 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 um, I joke about it, but the testimony was is that I was serving crack on skates. Now, um, um, serving Christ on skates, and so um, oh, I love you, that. Yeah, from serving and, crack to serving Christ at the same time, you own them wheels, baby. You still keep it wheels. moving, no matter what. Yeah, be rolling, no matter what. And so I went to court. I was facing twenty years because I became a three-time loser mm. in the state of uh, Maryland in Prince George's County, and it was a mandatory sentence. And God only gave me six weeks on that twenty years. Wow! And I never looked back. And so, but I did some things while I was on crack, man. Mm. That you know. Some lines, you know, you say that you would not cross. Can you tell about any of them? You keep them all to yourself. You can tell about any of them? No, I can tell. That. I, one thing about me, I'm very transparent. I'm not ashamed of my story because I believe that it can help somebody, man. You know, I me too. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I stole from my old family, man. I, you know, I remember the nights um, that I was so strung out and needed to get a hit. I would go in my my, you know, family's pocketbook and steal $20 bills just to get a hit. Mm. And um, that was one of the shameful things that I went through in my addiction of stealing from my family. And because um, my family loved me and, you know, mm -hmm. and I loved them. But when you when you're addicted to something, um, it doesn't stop you. You become relentless. And so I robbed people, um, gunpoint. I, I did all I sold. uh I sold bacon powder. I put my life I on the line. I bought it. I think it was probably get it from you. Yeah. <laughs> Can't tell you how much bacon sold out smoke by mistake. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I've done it. it I, you said it. I've done it in addiction. And so. So, wait, you kept getting caught? Is that why you was going? Yeah, well, I prison? had. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, my, you, wasn't, my, you wasn't good at it. You did it, but you weren't all that good. No, I wasn't all that. I wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't all that good. And, you know. That, that my charges, my drug charges started in 89 and literally that wasn't with cocaine. It was with PCP. And so I was with mm. some guys and they Angel had the drugs in my car. And, do, do. And, you know, then I started, you know, I get, I, I would always go to rehab to get out of jail. I was always oh, going to rehab. That, that was, was my a free get out of jail car. Yeah. yeah. I would go to rehab, get myself together, come back out and repeat the same thing. Okay. So what was the turnaround? What turned around for the you? Tur the turnaround was the last charge. because The like last said, six weeks? Yeah. That that was the turnaround. The turnaround when I, when I sold to the undercover, I'll never shall forget. It was November the 6th mm. at 1 p.m. 1993. What exactly was you selling him? I was actually, it was real crack. It was the undercover. They drove up in a Honda Accord, a white woman and a black man. And I, and I never trust nobody in a Honda Accord. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And I ran, I ran to them, man, and they wanted two twenties. And so I didn't have no cocaine. Wasn't no cocaine even on the block at the time, but I wanted right. to get high. It was one guy that had some coke and he was sitting in the cut. And I went back in the cut and got one twenty rock from him so I can make $20 and I sold it to $40 to the undercover. They jumped out on me and I had one mock bill because I gave the other 20 to the young man who had the Coke and I was caught mm. with the $20 bill. And that was my third charge. And man, listen, this is the funny part. Wow. I, sk I skated. <laughs> I skated right into the paddy wagon. <laughs> oh, you had your skate so when you got arrested, you skated right on man, to the paddy right But now, the were you high while you were selling or no? Well, actually, I never got. I, listen, when I was that particular day, I wasn't high. Wasn't I? Didn't have a hit yet that day. 
I was trying to get a hit. I didn't have no money. I was broke. I was just in the strip. And so when mm -hmm. a customer came, when a customer came, that was my chance to hustle. I'd be between the man who got the dope and the person who wanted the dope. Right. And I'd get my cut. The middle man. Yeah. And I never, I never, when I gave them a $20 bill, they jumped out on me. I was, ne I never was able that day to get high. Cause they Dang. they locked me up, which would have to be the worst part of all of it. But that's go the ahead. worst part. I mean, because <laughs> when you part. really, really want to get high, the yeah. last thing you want to do is almost have it in your hand and then go to jail. That's just a, jail. that's the whole day the, off. One of the charges, my second charge before this one was I had about an eighth of coke and I was getting and I just bought it to go bag my coke up. Right. And they jumped out on me, and I threw the cocaine. It was a, it was mine this time. I had right. a lot of it. And uh, I'm going to tell you the, the sick part about addiction. When they locked me up, they found the cocaine. They locked me up. And I'm in the cell looking mm -hmm. at my cocaine on that table. Dang. I, was, I wasn't even mad I was locked up. I was mad I never got one hit off that mm -hmm. cocaine. And they sat it right there where you could see it, too. Yeah. You see you sitting there looking at that bag. You mad as hell. Man, 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 listen, I'm telling you, that, that was the sickness of it. I wasn't even worrying about being locked up. I want to give I want to give um, I want them to understand this conversation is so important because of who you are and what you do now. Tell them who you are and what you do now besides roller skate. Come on now. Well, man, listen, I'm, a, I'm literally a full time pastor. I've been pastoring going on 18 years. Mm -hmm. I have a local church here in Landover, Maryland, with about two to three hundred active members. Um, I'm married. I'm a father. Um, I'm educated, got a couple of degrees. I never share about that. Um, I mm. often don't share about a lot of accomplishments because I feel like that I can glory in God by showing them my infirmities. But I'm a pretty accomplished man. I'm an entrepreneur. I have businesses. I have real estate. Right. Um, and God has blessed me over the 30 years. I have accumulated um, quite a few material things. But most of all, I have accumulated a lot of peace with God, I've accumulated a relationship personal nice. with God that I'm able to walk through any pressure of life. I believe that a person should not only just have faith to get things, but enough faith to go through some stuff. Even mm. though I've been clean, I still had some trials. I lost my mother while I'm clean. I lost my father while I'm clean. And I had to go through all of those tests while I was um, in my recovery. But thank God, God kept me. Um, I'm blessed. I'm 57 years old. I'm still preaching like a madman. I'm thanking God. People getting saved. People coming to God. That's people, right. Young people loving God because of the testimony that God has given me through this drug addiction and this prison life and this game of drugs that we were in. So, man, I'm excited about what God is doing. And so and you out there, you out there rolling around like you're a teenager, man. You got so much energy. Where's all that coming from? I, I I couldn't even tell you. That's the question. Everybody, where do you get? I don't even know. It's the Lord. He just blessed me. And um, mm. I'm able to do what I'm able to do. And so I'm thankful for it, man. You know? Well, you know what? We're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a pause for the calls. And when we come back, I want to ask you, how important was it for you to claim what you had to deal with it and move forward? For you to really admit your addiction? Because until you admit a thing, until you really own it, you, got, you ain't going to do nothing to fix it. If you don't know it's broke, if you don't accept that it's broken, you ain't going to fix it. So I want to know, when you when did you decide? What was that one? You, you said it was that six weeks you went to jail. You could have got 20. That was your third strike thing. That made you wake up and fly right. Yeah, and your yeah. wife was still with you during this time or no? No, 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 no. I met my wife after oh. I met my wife. I was almost close to... Uh, I guess 10 years clean before I met my wife. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. 
we'll, let's take a break. We come back. We're going to pick it up. We're going to pick it up. We're going to pick up the pace. We're going to talk about some stuff we did, man, and some stuff we're trying to bring to the world as well. God is great. Okay, we'll be right back. Michael talked to everybody. And today I'm talking to Bishop Vance Olds. See you in a minute. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. 
Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I like to say sometimes then we're black. And hey, I'm here with Bishop Vance Olds. Michael talks to everybody. We know that you're a great, a great uh, bishop, a yes, man sir. of God, but you're also a great sportsman, you know, and that you roller skate. You ain't playing, you know. Yeah. Um, did you skate? Is it true that you roller skated with Usher? Yeah, yeah. We um, had an opportunity to share. How that happened? Um, well, actually, actually, Usher called me one day out of the blue. I didn't really believe it was him because, you know, it's a lot of scams on social media. So yeah. he he DM me. I sent him my number. He called me back and he. Well, how did he know me. about you? He saw you on Steve's show? Yeah, just saw. No, just saw me on social media. He saw you on uh, social media. Okay. Yeah. You know, when that vi- that one video I had during the pandemic kind of went, you know, went wild, it went everywhere. So and of course, Usher is a, a fantastic skater. And so he. Pretty sure he saw me during those times, and he called me and was saying that he had a, a endeavor with uh, Flipper Skating Ring with Liberty Ross, and they were opening up the um, Flipper Skating Ring at the um, uh, in New York at the Rockefeller Center, and he wanted me to be a part of his team and do a showcase with them as the opening and to pray and speak a blessing. I like over that. the skating ring, and so surely that was a, a marvelous experience, and um, it was. Absolutely phenomenal. Got to meet meet a whole lot of different people, and and to share and share my light in 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 that particular arena. And I don't look at that arena as a dark place. And if it is a dark place, that's where we need to be. A light won't shine. This is in the dark. But I don't even consider persons over there in the dark because they they believe in God and they have a relationship with God, just like people that go to church every day. You know, sometimes even greater. Some people in church don't even really have a relationship. They're just there just to be there. That's just to be honest. But mm. so I don't have no judgment for anybody. You can't judge anybody's relationship with God because it's personal. And so I, I thank God for the opportunity that he's given me to come and skate and have fun and to show my life. And so is there a magic, I don't know, a magic pill, a magic thing, a magic piece of knowledge? Is there something that you could give folks that shows them how to turn it around because here you went from crackhead to bishop. Yeah. What yeah. in there clicked? What in there made you go, mm, I can't do this no more, but I'm gonna I'm gonna rise higher and higher. How did you get to that? Well, let me let me just share this. This is one of my quotes I always um talk about. Pain mm. is the seed to change. Pain is mm. the seed to change. Actually, pain can become a gift for you. Because once mm. you go through enough pain, if we, I said this on Steve's show, if we deny a person's their pain, we we'll delay their deliverance. So we have to allow people to go through the pain. Once you get tired of being tired, whatever your situation is, if you get enough pain, you'll become willing to do anything to change. It's a motivator. So, yeah, it's a motivator. So it was the pain for me. Mine might have been, you know, I was tired of getting high and stealing and getting ready to face all this time. I had to make a conscious decision. 
um, to do something about my life. So some people need to get out of the way of the persons that they love that's on any type of addiction, whether it's drugs, whether it's sex. I believe that any addiction that becomes unmanageable, that makes your life unmanageable, is a situation where you need help whether it's sex, whether it's shopping, whether it's food and, you know, the pain when it gets great, it makes you to make the decision. That's what that's for anybody. And that was my motivation, man. The pain got too great. It was the seed for change for me. So if anybody even watching or listening, rather, right. even right now, and you have a family member, a son, a nephew, a husband, a wife that's mm-hmm. strung out on drugs, right. get out of the way and let them go through that pain. Because that pain can do better with them than you Ooh, can. it's a hell of a teacher. It's Man, a it's teacher a now. Oh, it's yes, a hell of a teacher. Um, do you talk to p- other addicts? Like, do addicts come to you and say, look, I know you've been through this. Can you help me? Does that happen? All the time. All the time. I have a lot of uh, men in my ministry that, you know, in the city that struggle with drugs and struggle with the game, struggle with the life. Because my life didn't just start off getting high. I was hustling. I was getting money. I was in those streets getting oh, money, okay. going to clubs. And I finally, you know, I got turned out with some women. I had to cope. Then, I, Come on. Yeah. So I started out getting money. That didn't, that that lasted about a year until I hit the crack. Once I hit the crack, it was over. It was over. That um, ends everything, so, don't it? Yeah. It, it puts life on hold. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, uh, a big hole. And so I get it all the time. I get it online. I get a lot of uh, DMs about, you know. They they confessed to me, Bishop. I'm struggling. I've been on heroin. I've been on coke. And I, what do I need to do? You know. And sometimes people are just not ready. They're just not you. They're not ready. You gotta want this. You just can't need it. You have to want to change. You just can't need it. And so people don't. They're not ready. So I say, okay, check in the rehab. Go check in. See, they ain't ready. They don't want to leave. They have an excuse. Oh, I can't leave the child. Oh, I got a job. No, if you're tired and you're ready, you'll check in. Go get detoxed, right? Uh-huh. And get some help. Go get some help. And so they don't want to make that change. And so for me, I, I understand it because I wasn't going into rehab. You but, know, God but did you do crazy? Did you do crazy stuff? Did you crawl around on floor butt naked looking for the rock? What did you do? I, I, I didn't. I didn't dig, dug in the carpet. I didn't picked up cotton balls. I didn't picked up pebbles off the ground. Some of them cotton like balls fool you, won't they? Oh man, I was geeking. I was, <laughs> and at the end of my addiction, I became very paranoid. I didn't trust nobody. I would oh, tell wow. people to put their hands on the table because oh. even though I had, even though even though I was a crackhead, I always had coke. I always, I just mm. sold coke. I sold more coke than the richest guy in the neighborhood. They just bought clothes and material stuff. I smoked it. So wow. I always had coke. So they loved me. The crackhead loved me because when all the youngest or the, the young guys that had the coke would go in, I'd be the only one in the coke at the midnight. So when I, you know, <laughs> like on the crack house, I'd be smoking. I'd be telling people, put your hands on the on your table. Let me see your hands. I'm thinking people want to rob me. I'm looking through the peephole. I'm thinking shadows are people. I almost jumped off the balcony with nobody outside. Oh, my God. Paranoia is such a big part of it. You know, I almost got killed uh, once I was trying to buy some dope. And um, I went into this neighborhood on this dark street because that's where the dope was. And I walked up to this guy. He was standing by a tree. It wasn't a very good light. And I was about to give him the money. And he reached in the back behind himself like he was pulling out a gun. Yeah. So I put my hand in my pocket like I had a gun. Yeah. And then he pulled out a gun 
for real. Okay. I, I was like, oh, well, I didn't play in this. He's like, fool, what you doing? I said, no, man, I don't have nothing. I was just nervous. He's like, man, get your bitch ass out of here if I kill you. And wow. you made me think about it just then because not only uh, did I almost get killed, but I had to leave without the dope, man. That was terrible. <laughs> I was like, I was at the house. I was so upset. I wasn't upset that they didn't get killed. I was upset that they didn't give me that rock, man. I was like, come right, on, right. man. It was terrible. But I, I love this other side. I love not not being owned by anything but God. I love um, not having that paranoia and not losing so many things that I lost during that time in my life. You know, um, yeah. I was a... Um, but I, I was the type of addict, though, that I was, I wasn't the kind of addict that was a fall down in the street addict, though. I wasn't mm -hmm. all out in the street late late at night with nasty people in the hotels. I really wasn't, I wasn't really doing all that. I, I did my allotted amount. I said, okay, I'm going to do 100. I'm going to do 200. Once I was through with that, I might go back twice to the ATM for 20. But that was it. I remember once I said, man, I'll give me an ATM machine to put in my house. I'm going to put it right up against the refrigerator, you know, because I was living at $20 a hit, you know. So, <laughs> so let me ask you this. What is the greatest lesson that you learned from your addiction? Because I learned tons of things from it that made me such a better human. But what, what would you say one thing would be that's really important to you that you learned from it? I never was asked that question. That's a pretty hard question because there are tons of lessons in addiction that literally um, helps me today. But one of the greatest things I could share that um, I could say was a lesson that I learned is about reaping and sowing, wh whether you in the will of God or out of the will of God, because God's let the sun shine upon the just and the unjust. Mm. So even in my addiction, that principle still work of sowing and reaping. If you are a good dude, you'll reap good stuff. Even in a bad situation, that, that principle nice. of sowing and reap works, whether you're in the street or in, in the house of God. I remember I'm going to give you a analogy of what I'm saying. And I use that because when I was getting high, huh? I knew God. I used to, the people in the street used to tell me, man, you don't belong out here. Because I was singing songs. Of course, you know, I'm a musician. I've been in gospel groups all my life. So when wow. I was selling drugs, it was always in me. God was always in me. Even when I went to rehab the first time, he was, he was with me and I knew it. I had a call on my life then. Then I go back and get high. So I'm still wrestling even in addiction. But folks would recognize you? People would see you yeah, out there I mean, that? I mean, because that's what I, I had that. People would come up to me and they'd yeah. say, oh, man, man, uh, man, I love it when you did so-and-so, man. Why, why are you out here doing this? You know, and yeah. I'd be like, man, because I'm goofy, because I'm stupid, because there's no logical reason to do that yeah. to your life. It's just it ain't enough fun to justify it. Yeah. That's a that's a lesson I wanted to help people because they think that that principle only works if you in the will of God or if you unquote in the church or you religious that it only works. No, it works wherever you are, whatever you sow, you reap. And so what I I, I wanted to share this because I think it's important because remember I told you I used to have the coke. Right. Even though I was getting high, I would be in the strip well, with the all the coke boys. Right. The coke oh. boys, I would be on a strip with them selling the same time. And what happens is, watch this, because I was so good. When the Coke boys leave at a certain time at night, they always lock their clothes shop and I'd be left out there. And I'd be good to the crack addict when I had Coke. That morning, 
the next morning because I was good to them. When they come back the next morning, when the young boys was out and I was out, they wouldn't go to the young boys. They would come to me. Wow. So you had your sales skills down. Yeah, that was the reaping and sowing. They knew at <laughs> night. They knew at night when they went out. If y'all ain't gave me no no coke, y'all ain't bought from me. I'm gonna give you a little crumbs for your money. Wow. I use that principle. Wow. Bishop, man, come on. I love this. Look how we can turn our lives around. Oh man. Look oh, how it's we, amazing. look how, how things really can change a lot if you're willing to change. Because it's all within us. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna drop something on y'all. Come on, come on, come on. When I got strung out, my my final end up that I wanted to find myself in in the addiction, I wanted cocaine and a woman. That was my chase. It wasn't when I was selling drugs, it wasn't to try to buy no property or to buy some new tennis shoes or some mm -hmm. jewelry or or a car. That's right. I wasn't thinking about that. I had that stuff. Really, I had that stuff. And so I wanted a woman, right, that will Oh Lord, how, how would I say this on on this line? Just say it. Don't say it. We'll edit I, wanted, it out I, if it's wrong. I wanted to be I wanted to be smoking the cocaine and 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 um having I'm trying to clean this word out. Remember I'm a bishop, but I don't want to mess people up. <laughs> oral sex with a, a woman giving me oral sex while I'm smoking. That's how I started. And I chased that. That's a that's a thing you'd want to chase. Um <laughs> This uh, certainly is a chaseable thing. Um, and I certainly, I can see it so clearly as it was yesterday. Um, and that's the thing about the addiction. With this addiction, uh, with addiction, you only have like, like you have one hit and, and then you sprung forever. And um, wow. So you just wanted to do that thing where you, you walk out and find out what it is. Okay. I'm sorry. Somebody was trying to call through. All right. Uh, wow. But you remember that clearly. Yeah. No, no. That's that. That that's in my book. I shared it. Wow. I got strong. I got I went to Howard University on a music scholarship at 17 years old. So I stayed in D.C. All my family was getting money in the mm. drug game. Mm. So they gave me all the drugs. I had all the drugs. I had a scholarship. I was 17. I was doing my thing. What a nice and family. I was at the Howard Inn one night bagging up my cocaine. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. of course, when you're at Howard, the young women were from all over the world. Wow. And so this girl from New York, she started cooking up. I was bagging up. I was selling. Back then, we were selling the powder cocaine and smoking weed. I wasn't even freebasing. And so while she was bagging it up, she cooked it and put it in my weed. And then I smoked. I was like, oh, this is nice. And then she had a stem. And then she gave me the stem. I started hitting it. And she started giving me what uh, you need. a BJ. Yes, right. yes, and yes. So, right. And that was euphoria for me. And once I felt that, I stayed in a hotel for like three days. They was back then we had page, we had pagers. They were trying to, I, you know, I smoked all of my coke that I was bagging up, all the money. I started sending them out there to get crack cocaine because I was hiding from my family because they was paging me saying, where you at, man? You know, da, 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 da. And I was, I was getting turned out. And that's, I chased that feeling. Wow. With a woman in cocaine throughout my whole addiction. Mm. But, you know, that's what the whole thing is for the addiction of crack cocaine. You take one hit and you chasing Lord. that forever, you know, for years and years. You and you never achieve that one again, you know. But but the joy, the joy of all of it is that we learn lessons. We learned that life was better than that. And we also realized at some point that we had changed our life at any moment. Man, crack, we saved, crack saved my life. Being on crack. Crack saved your life. 
being on crack. Like watch it. this. I, like I, I know it. that's paradoxical, and I know some people that may be listening say, "Man, Bishop crazy." No, crack saved my life. When I I got strung out on crack cocaine and I got locked up, I had to go to rehab, right? Okay. While I was in rehab, I have a cousin that we sold coke together. We was a team. We was getting money. And when I got caught and went to rehab, he was telling me, just get yourself together. When you come home, everything will be okay. When I was in rehab, the third month I was in there, they ran up in the house and killed my cousin. Wow. We were both 24. My mother and his mother was pregnant at the same time. We were both born in 65. So we did everything together. Mm. I mean, everything from the sandbox. We did everything. Why they killing? And because I was on crack in rehab, I wasn't home. Had I been home. Then you could have got killed too. Yeah. 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 Now he didn't get high. He didn't, he didn't get high. He smoked no cigarettes. He didn't have no habits. He just was on money. And so. But, I was so he was that, moving. He was moving the, the product. Yeah, he the mover. He the mover. And just, he the one just front me, give me what I want because I'm families. So the stick up guys are the ones that shot him? Yeah, I think it was a jealousy thing. It was a territorial thing. And I think it was over this girl. Ugh. Jealousy. It comes jealousy back to that now. It's as cruel as the grave. When a person is jealous of you, they want you out the way. Sometimes a person don't even want what you want. They just don't want you to have it. And okay. so jealousy. Jealousy will cause people to want you out the way. I want to invite you back. And when you come back next time, though, let's talk about women. Okay. Let's just talk. That's going to be the topic. Just me and you. We're just going to talk about women. As, as, as how the Bible speaks of them, how we know them in our living, in our lives, uh, our mothers, our daughters. Let's just talk just you and I. Just talk about women. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Bishop Vance Olds, tell them the name of your church. Uh, name of my church is Liberty House Ministries here in Landover, Maryland, 3135 Pensy Drive, 207-85. Man, I love you and I thank you for, for being here today and these words of wisdom and that you live them is the thing. You know, you're so fly now. You, you're the bishop. You, 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 uh, everybody know you in social media. You're lifting the world up. But you are human like everybody else. And you everybody did else. your human dance. And now... Onward and forward, man. Left foot forward. I love you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank love you. Love you, too. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Hey, y'all, that was Bishop Vance Olds right here on Michael. Talk to everybody, y'all. I ain't no telling who I'm going to talk to. I talked to the bishop today. I'm talking to a heathen tomorrow. Check in. Hey, I'm your boy, Michael Kaya. Have fun. Remember, life is a garden if you dig it. Don't be so hard on yourself. It's going to be all right as soon as the swelling go down. Talk to you later. Be good. And keep God first. Bye. I had a good time today. I hope y'all did too, man. Thank y'all for checking us out here at Michael Talks to Everybody. Hey, you can follow me, man. I'm easy to follow. I'm on Instagram, just under at Michael Kaya. I'm on TikTok. That's Michael Kaya 135. I have a very sexy webpage called TheRealMichaelKaya.com. You know, you go over there, you can find out about my merchandise and what I'm doing and where all my shows are. Everything is right there. Or if you really love me, you can go to my cash app. That's dollar sign, Michael Kaya's money. I'm playing with y'all, but I accept green stamp, food stamp, Canadian money. I'll take your bus transfer if you got some time left on it. And my morning show, oh my goodness, the Michael Kaya morning show. That's 7 a.m. Pacific time, yo, five days a week. This has been a Raylock Group production. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. 
I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.